Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Week 14 provided another series of death blows to lots of our best ball teams, fantasy football teams. We lost several more players, which we will discuss today, but this is the time for hope. We're into the best ball playoffs. This is what we draft for all summer, all year, all the sickos here at Spike Week, all year. This is what we draft for. So we're going to talk through some of the ramifications of the fallout of week 14 and obviously start to look at the most fun time of the year. This I agree with Felix says F the ACL injuries. Um, I'm just going to lead with that because I'm still tilted about it. And you know, I'm human. We're all human. Felix and I drafted a pretty good team into Best Ball Mania 3. We were in third place heading into last night's game with Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown down by three points. And we had not, our, uh, we only had two quarterbacks on the team, and the QB2 was Zach Wilson, who clearly got a zero. So we just need four, a little less than four. Kyler Murray points to advance this team. Of course, if you watched Monday Night Football, Kyler Murray blew out his knee on the third play of the game. And thus, we come up three points short with a pretty fun Kyler team, almost entirely healthy. Mark Andrews, tons of good wide receivers. It, of course, if you know Felix, it had Najee Harris. But uh, uh, good running backs. Outside, you know, Najee is healthy and has actually some pretty decent matchups the next couple of weeks and uh, was 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 pretty loaded. And so uh, I agree with this, CJ, the Kyler one that sucked, man. It's uh, it. You know, it sucked for me personally, of course, because I drafted a lot of Kyler, <clears throat> Um, you know, like my my highest owned elite quarterbacks, if you will, are Kyler and Jalen Hurts. So one on one side of it, you have the chalky guy who you're excited about. But on the other side, you have Kyler Murray, who I think there was a lot of reasons to honestly be excited for him. I mentioned this on the Sunday show that Rob and I did uh, in kind of our quick instant reactions to week 14. This was obviously before last night's game that Kyler and Cardinal stacks were some of the like one of the stacks I was most excited for. Because Kyler has been like good enough to not bury your teams outside of the the couple missed games. He's you know he's not smashing, but he's doing enough to like not kill your teams. And then some combination of Hollywood and 
Uh, DeAndre Hopkins have been good. You do have, a, you know, Trey McBride isn't really showing anything, but he is at least a late round punt tight end. James Conner is back. Rondale theoretically should be back next week. They're They're kind of getting it back together. They were, I thought, an example of, you know, you can't plan for this, but like an under-owned stack with a lot of upside throughout the course of the playoffs, in particular in week 17 when they play Atlanta. But, you know, they they play Denver this week in week 15, and they play Tampa in week 16. Am I expecting ceiling performances in those games? No, of course not. But I think that uh, in week 16 in particular, they can have a big game against the Bucks, and then you get a Kyler Hollywood, Kyler Hopkins, Connor, Rondale McBride into week 17, I think, that uh, you were pretty excited. And now, you know, it is what it is. Um, we move on. But I, I thought that that was just a bummer, you know what I mean, to everybody. Not not, not me, just me personally, but like everybody, uh, it hurts. Colt McCoy is a reasonable backup, of course, but it, it still hurts the upside of the offense. It hurts the upside for Hollywood and Hopkins and and everybody. But at least, you know, if you don't, if you have non-Kyler teams, your Cardinals guys are not dead. James Conner is clearly not dead. Uh, Hollywood, Nuke, et cetera. Assuming they don't shut it down, that, that will be the only concern, right, is that they, uh, week 17, just decide, uh, you know, there's no reason to play those guys. But Kyler was definitely the example of kind of, uh, damn, that that sucked. And then that game, um, as only Blur says, that game was just about the most frustrating possible way to cap off uh, week 14. Kyler's one of my highest owned quarterbacks. Hollywood's one of my highest owned wide receivers. I have a little bit of, my dogs are frustrated too. Um, I have a little, you know, some Trey McBride late round. Uh, obviously, Rondale was out, so that, doesn't, that didn't matter. Ramondre is one of the, we talk so much about Josh Jacobs because he smashed like literally about as hard as you can smash for whatever a seventh round running back Ramondre was like right there with him in terms of not raw points or whatever but just like value to teams Ramondre was a double digit round pick when draft started and has been you probably used to score every week depending upon the structure of the team that you built you know even when Damian Harris has been in there he's been putting up double digit point games and he plays every snap he's the definition of what you want like in a zero RB build and then Ramondre goes down comes back we're like, oh, thank God. At least we didn't lose Ramondre. And now he's out again. Um, so we'll see. We need news. He could be fine. I don't know. It could have been precautionary. We don't know. But um, that 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 was killer, you know. One of the elite quarterbacks for fantasy goes down. Ramondre goes down. Jacoby Myers was already out. Rondale was already out. Devontae Parker goes down, who, you know, I didn't draft a bunch of, but I think was like a – Kind of looking like if you had Devontae Parker on teams heading into the playoffs, there's a lot worse late round wide receivers to have. I'm not saying you're crazy excited for him, but he's got a pulse and he's got some, you know, he's got a hundred yard and a touchdown in him in a, in a game. And then he goes down with a concussion. It was just, that was just brutal, man. That was just absolutely brutal. hundred percent troll job by the football gods. Cruel, cruel, cruel. <laughs> somebody, somebody really came in the chat. So we have Gabe Davis, who uh, hasn't been around in a while, uh, in the chat. And now we have uh, Anaji, who is apologizing to Felix. Um, but if anyone's got the best Anaji team, I thought Felix and I were going to have one of the best Anaji teams. But if anyone's got the best Anaji team, it's definitely Felix. Um, keep the comments coming. I will try to hit as many as I can. 
I do have a little, little bit of a kind of agenda. Normally, I don't. Normally, I just come on here. We talk. We shoot the shit. We freestyle. But I do have a a couple things I do want to talk about before we get out of here. Um, yeah, good luck on the Cardinals versus Denver in Week 15. The one thing I will say is that the Cardinals have really lost their pass rush. Um, you know, with trades and the Broncos are so far out of it right now. I mean, the Cardinals are not the Chiefs, clearly. But I just think you you the Broncos can be scored upon like you're it's not a positive expectation, but man, I mean, just the longer you get into the season, the Broncos have more injuries, the Broncos have traded defensive players away. The Broncos may not have Russ. They're they're just an absolute disaster. So it's not good, but um, trying to be glass half full here. This is a fairly reasonable question from Brad. Brad says, Damian Harris, a league winner. If you snuck him in, it's like, I, I'm, I've gone back and forth on this. I was thinking about this. So I have a list of like intriguing players and I almost put Damian Harris on there. Um, but I don't think I would say league winner. I think, um, the problem for Damian Harris is that I don't think he is the archetype of a back to become what Ramondre became in terms of Ramondre played two weeks ago or whatever, the not, not last night, but the game before for the Patriots. Ramondre played every snap but one on offense. You know, his best skill is probably actually in the past game. He's a fine runner, but he's not some super elite smash running back. He's good, but I'm I'm saying he's not like this isn't. Nick Chubb, right? But he's a, he's re- really good in the passing game. You know, he can pass, protect, et cetera, et cetera. That's not Damien Harris' best skill set. However, we saw last year down the street, you know, I mean, he scored a shitload of touchdowns last year. If he kind of gets that that roll back, I just think that Pierre Strong and, and maybe even Kevin Harris earned a little bit last night. Pierre Strong kind of has a really good pass-catching profile. So... I think the answer to this is like kind of yes and no, right? Damian Harris has been almost useless for you most of the season. And he did play a little bit more of a pass catching role while he was there. They they did more of the kind of like what Zeke and Pollard are doing right now. They did that with Harris and Ramondre as opposed to pass catching back and right. So like the Bengals have Mixon, who's kind of their early down back and P Ryan, who's their pass catching back. You know, the Patriots used to do it with James White, right? They would have like Garrett Blunt and James White. The Patriots were doing more like your series, my series. So Damian was actually playing a little bit more of a pass-catching role than before. So I think it's in the range of outcomes that he does kind of become the guy there. If, again, we're talking about if something, this Ramondre injury is even remotely serious. Like even if he misses one game. Because they do play Vegas this week. They do play the Raiders, who... Jesus Christ. I mean, they just lost to the Rams. They just lost to the Rams. So um, I think you should feel pretty good about any Patriot getting getting the ball against the Raiders. But it's an interesting – it's a really – he's in, He's very – assuming he's back this week, he obviously has to return this week too. That's what throws another wrench into it. But he's a very – he's, he's interesting. He's a pretty interesting guy. Felix has nine Najee teams. Um, Got to be definitely the most. But you also drafted the most. So it's like – you know, does it even count? I don't know. This is fair. Cobra Kai says James Conner game versus Denver. 
Definitely. I mean, he's going to get the rock. I'll tell you that much. Will he, will he, you know, he's got to get in the end zone to be useful for fans. I mean, most guys got to get in the end zone, but you know, he's not CMC or whatever that can like go for 150 yards and catch seven balls and have a really good game without getting in the end zone. You know, he's, he's incredibly touchdown reliant, but he's going to get the rock. That's for sure. I think James Connors, a guy, if you have him on a team running, we'll get, uh, we're going to talk about running back. If you James Conner versus most of the running backs I have on my teams that are advancing, give me fucking James Conner. I will tell you that much right now. So I don't really have a negative thing to say about James Conner because if you got a running back that projects well like he does and is going to be out there for every snap, uh, yeah, you, how can you say anything negative about it? Everybody's hurt. Guys are getting cut and waived by multiple teams. Uh, so some of my high zone running backs are not only getting cut by their original team, they're getting cut by the second team. <laughs> I picked them up two, two fucking running backs. How, how is it even possible that I, I smashed this dude? The starting, he started the season as the starting running back for the Super Bowl champions. Daryl Henderson started the, started the season as the Super Bowl champion starting running back over Cam Akers. 12th round pick. Drafted like 35% of him. And he turns into my maybe my worst pick. Maybe my worst pick in all of fantasy. Eno, at least Eno is like an 18th rounder. Eno smashes for the Cardinals when Connor is out. Then gets cut. Goes to the Texans. Damian Pierce gets hurt. This is the dream. You get a, an Eno smash early in the year to help out your advance rate. He dies. So his advance rate isn't so isn't so big. And now, guess what? This is this is it. This is the dream. Damian Pierce is hurt, probably out at least one to two weeks. You're going to get 18th round Eno on the Texans. You know it's not amazing, but you could get you you could get very. He could help you advance a hundred percent, and he gets cut again for Jared Dokes. They brought up Jared Dokes. They're going to play Brex Burkhead, Dare Ogumbawale, and Jared Dokes rather than playing Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin has to be the biggest asshole on the planet. Bigger asshole than Marcus Mariota, which if you didn't see that, Mariota is a dick. He got benched for Desmond Ritter, which was a totally reasonable thing for the Falcons to do. And Mariota said, deuces, I'm hurt. I'm out of here. I'm not even going to stay with the team. But Eno, Eno makes Marcus Mariota look like Mr. Rogers or something like that. Like, how does he keep getting cut? He's like, good. I don't get it. I don't get it. Doesn't make any. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I should have. Josh, J Jay Jenks says, "Surprise, you didn't show up to this stream with a twelve pack of Bud Light to mourn." If it, if we did the stream in the evening, I might have. But it's you know, it's twelve fifteen my time. I don't think I need to. I don't think I need to start drinking just, just yet. Anyway, <laughs> enough of me ranting about. Uh, these uh wait till melvin gets cut i mean he's only on the practice squad but wait till melvin gets cut uh and i'll have three three of probably my most critical running backs cut by two different teams in the same season daryl henderson eno benjamin and melvin gordon um i am gonna walk through a couple of things we're gonna get real formal with it for a sec um 
Oh, this is not what I wanted to do. There we go. All right, we're going to let's let's really we talked about some of this already. Let's talk about week 14 super quick. We we kind of discussed Kyle already, right? This is mostly injuries. Um but there was a lot like that's what's driving everything <clears throat> at the end of the day. Um in terms of our feelings about heading into week 15 and there was a lot of guys who were like critical pieces right to your teams that got hurt in week 14 kyler you know it looks like an acl i don't think they've officially confirmed it but i'm, I'm you know they just keep saying they're pretty sure it's an acl so kyler's going to be done and that obviously buries your kyler teams unless you drafted you know kyler and hurts on the same team or maybe kyler and burrow or you know but even then you just pissed away a sixth round pick or whatever that could have been Josh Jacobs, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's killer. It's killer when it, you know, and you, in most of your Kyler teams are probably Kyler plus a little bit later round quarterback. It's, it's, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's, it's over crazy things happen in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence is balling. You know, if you have Kyler and Trevor Lawrence, if Kyler and fields, you know, they don't have great matchups, right? It, it, it's not dead for advancing Kyler teams, but I mean, come on. It's, it's not ideal. Ramondre, we talked about Ramondre. We just don't know. We have no idea what's going on with Ramondre. He could be fine. I mean, he could practice tomorrow or something for all that we know, or he could miss two weeks. I I, I don't know what's what's up with uh what's up with Ramondre. No one does, I don't think. But he's huge, right? Like, like I said, we talk so much about Josh Jacobs, um, and some of these, you know, last year it was like oh, Cup and Andrews and JT. It's like, oh. These guys were the smashes. And this year, it's kind of really just Jacobs that uh, is the guy who just far exceeded his ADP. But Ramondre was like just as important for teams that drafted him. He has, he's killed. Like if you advance Ramondre teams, you've probably been using him all season. And now if you don't have him, how do you finish first out of 12 teams, uh, 12 other really good teams, right? These are, these are top, top seven, let's just call it 17%. Top 17% teams in these tournaments and you got to finish i'm just using bbm as an example you got to finish in the uh, uh first out of other top 17 percent teams without the ninth tenth round running back that's been killing it for you it's just brutal man um so we'll see about ramondre but that was brutal tyreek also is, it's like the wide receiver version of of ramondre we don't we don't he was sitting out at the end of the game could have been nothing could have been something he left the game and came back and caught a long touchdown. I, I, I really don't know. I, same thing as Ramondre. He, if he practiced tomorrow, I would not be surprised. If he missed this game, I would not be surprised. I have no idea. They do play the Bills, so I imagine they're going to do everything they can to make sure Tyreek is playing. I'm not that worried about him. For for putting him on the list of all these guys that are here, uh, these what eight players, nine players, ten players that are on this list, I, Tyreek is the one I'm least worried about. But it's at least like he's a league winner. Second, third round, you know, a two, three turn Tyreek Hill. Who's, you know, in contention with Justin Jefferson and the quarterbacks for offensive player of the year. I don't know uh, if he misses again, teams have been counting on him and he's in a, he's in one of those weird bills games where we know that the bills have a good defense, but they score a lot. So maybe it's a shootout. One of the better games of this week. Tyreek is interesting. Uh, the Bengals. I, I, this is one that uh, people haven't discussed a ton of with the Bengals. But 
Hurst is still going to be out this week. It, it, it appears. I, I forget what the exact news was. Something about coming back next week, I think, was the hope. He's week to week or something like that. My drink just splashed up in my nose. That was awkward. Um, felt like I was swimming when you die, you, know, you jump into the pool and the water just rushes up your nose. So Hurst is probably out again. Boyd is out. Boyd uh, dislocated a finger on a catch, or a, a, a he didn't catch it. The ball burrowed through him a pass. He dislocated his finger. T, who the hell knows what's going on with T? T could against T could practice tomorrow, and I wouldn't be surprised. T could miss the next three weeks, and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't have the slightest goddamn idea what's going on with T Higgins. No one does. The Bengals don't. So here, this is the NFL is so stupid. T. Higgins was not on the injury report heading into the the game on Sunday, and then didn't start the game. So I don't know if he aggravated his hamstring in warmups or what. They haven't told us exactly what happened with T. I would assume it has to be something with warmups or whatever, because he was not even right probable or whatever. I guess they don't have probable. He he wasn't, but if, if his hamstring was hurt, he would be listed on the in, injury report. So I I would assume he got hurt in warmups or overnight or whatever. He doesn't start because th- these were the reports. He they weren't going to play him because his, he aggravated his hamstring. He snuck onto the field by himself, disobeyed his coach's orders on the third snap, <laughs> the third snap of the game. And that was it. And they were like, you know, I guess they caught it, whatever. They, pull, they pulled him out. Then Boyd gets hurt. Hayden Hurst is already out. I uh, The Bengals are a weird situation. This clearly benefited Jamar Chase from a volume perspective. He had a million targets on Sunday and had a 30-plus point fantasy game because Jamar Chase is a bad mf'er. It is all. It is both good and bad <clears throat> for Jamar Chase if T can't go. We know. I, I I would feel fairly confident in saying Boyd and Hurst are not going to play. But if if T can't go, it it is going to clearly give Jamar Chase like fifteen targets a game. Some you know he's he's now just as as high volume as Devontae and Jefferson and Amon Ra and everybody. Maybe more so. But when you're playing Trent Taylor and Trenton Irwin and the real Mike Thomas and Mitchell Wilcox as the other skill players, A, it clearly lowers the ceiling of your offense. You want you want your offense to be efficient and score a bunch of points. That's why the Bengals have been so awesome. They've been killing everybody. They killed the Chiefs. They're killing everyone. Because their offense is so good. They have an awesome quarterback and elite weapons. You remove the elite weapons. Now maybe the offense isn't scoring as much. So you're banking on the volume. And if I'm banking on the volume and the defense knows, right? So we're going to get in these matchups. Let's just say this week against the Bucks. T's out. The Bucks know. Now the Bucks, I don't trust to do smart things. I mean, Jesus Christ, look at Byron Leftwich and 
Bowles and these idiots. But, and they, they are missing, and I don't know if Anton Winfield will miss again, um, but uh, what's it, Jamel Dean is going to be out. So it could be fine for Chase regardless. But if I'm a, like, if I'm a, if I'm a defensive coordinator and they have Trenton Irwin and Trent Taylor out there, which, and Mitchell Wilcox and with, and Jamar Chase, who the fuck am I going to take away out of those guys? I'll, if, if Trenton Irwin beats me, Trenton Irwin beats me, beats me. Move on to the next week. The Bucks suck anyway. Why would you ever get, why would you ever let Jamar Chase beat you in that circumstance? And I mean, the Browns are just as incompetent as the Bucks, and they did basically let that happen. So, like, you know, it's assumption of it's assumption of rational question. This, this, one hundred percent. I was so uh, Josh says the Browns didn't take away Chase. LOL. I I played Chase in DFS. I only played one DFS team <clears throat> on Sunday. I played Chase. I also played Miles Sanders and Jerry Judy and did not min cash. Shout out to me, Jamar Chase. So. T's not playing and Boyd gets hurt. Texting my buddy. And we're like, well, Chase is going to get 20 targets, but like the Browns should just double team him the whole game. So like, is this good? Is this bad? I don't know. Because when, at least if when T's out there, you're like, they can't double. I mean, they, they can double chase. The Dolphins double chase and T went for 150 and two on him or whatever. But like they, they can't, the expectation of doubling chase and being successful lowers when T is out there. When there's no T, I'm like, eh, you know, maybe he's going to catch. And he started out like really hyper inefficient. You know, his first five catches were for like 35 yards. You know, they're throwing him screens. They're throwing him RPOs and stuff like that. Uh, and then he catches the touchdown on a pass he didn't even think was going to be thrown to him. You know, him and Burrow are just that good. But you're like, mm, it's like good from a floor raising perspective probably, but it's bad from – from uh uh the defense should not be idiots and the browns the browns just like singled them single they're just like okay whatever denzel ward you take jamar chase good luck like, what the fuck are you doing um we'll see what the bucks do you know it's an it's a big assumption of rational coaching i mean he had 10 for 120 and a touchdown <laughs> even he played the whole game basically without t higgins tyler boyd and and uh and uh, <laughs> hayden hurst and they let him go for 10 120 and a touchdown just just crazy, but it's interesting. You know what I mean? At least it's an interesting situation. It hurts Joe Burrow. He balled out against the Browns because again, the Browns are incompetent. He could ball out again against uh, the Bucks because the Bucks are incompetent. But you know, you start. It, it, it no one wants to play with with bad weapons. You, you don't want your quarterback to be playing with bad weapons. I should say. So the the Bengals are pretty interesting. We'll, we'll monitor T just like we'll monitor. Uh, Ramondre and Tyreek. Damian Pierce is uh, next on the list. This is definitely true. Alpha's Alpha's just Alpha. Jefferson Alpha. Uh, uh, <laughs> Chase Alpha. Uh, frankly, uh, I-, I was impressed with Jerry Judy uh, Alpha level on on Sunday. Shitty quarterback, then an even shittier quarterback, or Brett Rippon versus Russ. Maybe they're the same. Really shitty quarterbacks. No one else with him. Kendall Hinton and uh, what Tyree Cleveland or whatever the hell they were playing at wide receiver and Dolchich and balls out. And he was open all the time. Judy could have actually, I mean, I don't know if you can do much better than three touchdowns, but Russ is so bad 
Judy was open a ton. I, like I said, I was watching the game because I played him in DFS, and it was so frustrating until they until the Broncos offense started getting going. Um, but yes, Alpha's definitely Alpha. Um, yeah, Chase heard that uh, the best ball playoffs are here, and he's here. This is what he does. In case you didn't play last year, you know Jamar Chase was. If there's a definite, if if we put a picture up on the wall, um, or you go in the dictionary to the you know or the you know whatever dictionary of stupid best ball phrases of the guy you need, Jamar Chase's picture is on there. Jamar Chase and Alvin Kamara next to each other. Kamara scored six touchdowns two years ago in the the championship round, and uh, Goat Justin Herzig won Best Ball Mania. One, yeah, Best Ball Mania won as the only person with Alvin Kamara in the championship round. And then last year, at Chess Liam wins with Jamar Chase. Now, there was a handful of Jamar Chase teams, of which I was myself and Pete Overs that were one. But Jamar Chase drops a 50 ball in the uh, championship. It's, you can't really win without the, the guy that scores 50 fantasy points in the playoffs. Um <clears throat> This is fun. Chip Skylark says, uh, the list of injuries is basically all the guys carrying my best ball teams. Fantasy football is 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 pain. Yeah, and also Felix had Jamar Chase. Shocker. The other millionaire maker uh, winner uh, had Jamar Chase. And Najee Harris. Why didn't you just take a stand on Chase instead of Najee? I know Najee was the one who scored on the last play for you. So it was like, really sentimental, but like Chase scored the most points. And didn't you have like Chubb on that team too? You could have done Chubb. Imagine if you would have just like went all in on Chase or Chubb as opposed to Najee. We'd be having very different conversations right now. And our our team might have advanced. I kid, obviously. Um, Damian Pierce, like I said, is the next guy on this list. Oh, nice. 30% Chase. That's good. Um, Damian Pierce <clears throat> has been a low key, like again, kind of not to Ramondre's level because he hasn't scored that many points, but low key, sneaky league winner. He went so late in early drafts. I know he he rose way, he skyrocketed way up, but he's been like the usable week guy. No true real spikes. A couple good games. No true real spikes. But Damian Pierce. He's kind of similar to like some other guys. Again, he's like a dollar store version of Ramondre where you've just been using his score, <clears throat> even though it hasn't been awesome when you draft Damian, drafted Damian Pierce. Running back is just so bad that you probably have been using his score. Now he gets hurt. Looks like he's not going to play. And again, they don't. <laughs> we'll get to, you know. Uh, so just another, right? If Ramondre misses... Pierce misses. All these Daryl Henderson's not on a team. Melvin Gordon's on a practice squad. Ken Walker, right? This is a week 14 list. Ken Walker got hurt last week and didn't play in week 14 and is on a short week. He's got to get back. You know, the matchup is meh. And he's got to get back to practice here this week. We'll see with Ken Walker, but we're taking out a lot of like the best running back picks, right? Josh Jacobs and what Tony Pollard, Miles Sanders are going to be the last one standing. 
of the mid to late round running backs if all these guys don't play. It's crazy. Yeah, well, this is this is definitely true. I, I, for some reason, I was uh, confusing because he gets the he plays the Bucks at some point, right? Seattle does, I think. I was confusing. He plays San Fran this week, so. Um, but still, you would like for him to be out there, ple- and just sit there and pray for a touchdown. You know what I mean? The San Fran defense is killer, but um, you're just praying for a touchdown. Russell Wilson. We kind of talked about the Broncos a little bit. Russ got knocked into uh, another universe and is in concussion protocol. I would be stunned if he played. So, you know, you probably don't have Russ teams advancing, but I got a couple because I was drafting this loser. And it's like, well, down another quarterback. We lost Wilson. We lost Wentz. We lost Lance. Now we lost Russ. We lost Kyler. Who else did we lose? All these quarterbacks, man. Mariota is gone. I have Mariota on teams. It's brutal. It's brutal. Jesus. Cobra Kai says, I have Ken Walker team with nine other running backs, so I am fine. Do you have, I mean, are you fine? You need wide receivers and tight ends and quarterbacks. I mean, you got 10 running backs, but like, (laughs) Jesus. Rob says, uh, also, has your name always been, always been Robert? Coakley? Are you on a different account? Why is your name Robert on here? I've never seen you call yourself Robert or any and any social media or anything as Robert. I'm going to call you Robert now though, so thank you for that. Uh, yeah, so Russ unfortunately, in his best game of the year, Russ Russ finally, uh, uh, you're on your phone, It uh, Russ finally has a good game. Almost the, almost got to 30 fantasy points. If he would have thrown the Judy touchdown, he would have got to 30 fantasy points, uh, at least on DraftKings. Just had finally has a big game and uh, gets hurt. The Russell Wilson season in a nutshell. Debo is another guy, a wide receiver version of Russ, right? Hasn't been, like, for a, from a fantasy perspective. Debo is a stone-cold killer as a real-life football player. He might be my favorite football player. He's like the John Morant of football. Like, dude just does stuff, and you're like, how the fuck did he just score on that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. He plays wide receiver. He plays running back. He, you know, he could, he was an, a return man in college. He could probably return kicks and punts if they wanted him to, but they've already clearly subjected him to enough injury and pain by playing him at running back. You drafted Tyrion Davis Price. You keep talking about how good Jordan Mason is. You draft last year. You drafted Trey Sermon. I know Eli Mitchell's gone, but like, stop with the Debo running back stuff. They were already also going to kick the shit out of the Bucks, and they traded for Christian McCaffrey. And you're going to ruin Debo by playing him at running back again. Stop this shit, Kyle. What are you doing, dude? He put all he does is put his guys in harm's way. That's his his. He's a brilliant schemer. You know, he really knows how he he has forgotten more about scheming offensive plays than I have. But the guy has not figured out how to, you know, manage personnel in a way that won't get them injured. You're playing this. You need like, dude, you don't need Debo running the ball between the tackles in a week 14 game against the shitty ass Bucks. The Bucks Bucks haven't scored more than like 20 points almost all season. You were going to beat them and you have Christian McCaffrey and a 
a guy you traded up for at running back. Maybe try to give TDP or Jordan Mason. You love Jordan Mason. Give that guy some work. Don't kill your superstar wide receiver. Now he's okay. Thank God. But Jesus Christ, man. So anyway, Debo hasn't been a good second round pick in, in fantasy, but without Eli Mitchell, the fact that Shanahan does use him as a running back, he could have he could have been a guy that popped up over the course of this final month. So now with him him out, they said he could return week 17. I really don't know why they would force him back in week 17 against the Raiders. Um, but maybe, you know, who knows? He uh <coughs> he could return week 17, but I would guess that they're gonna be smart with Debo. And so no Eli Mitchell, no Debo. CMC has got to be one of the top guys you want on teams in the playoffs. He's just going to crush. His floor is higher than any other running back. His ceiling is higher than any other running back. He's, you know, if you can find a way to have the Tyreeks and AJ Browns and Mike Williams and those guys on teams with him, CMC is probably maybe the one guy, you know, setting aside costs, setting aside all that stuff. There's one guy I want. <clears throat> on an advancing team, it's probably CMC. I think running back is horrible. You know he can do what Travis Kelsey does to 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 a more important position. Um, obviously you can't get CMC and Travis Kelsey on a team, but you know it's those two guys for sure. Uh, then we have I I just tossed we talked about Eno already. I just talked about or uh, I just tossed Eno and Hilliard on here just because they were potentially useful late round running backs, right? Obviously Eno was about to step into what you dream of on a team you drafted Eno for step into a potentially useful role, you know, on the Texans, how many points was he going to score? I don't know. But again, Damian Pierce has been okay. We Rex Burkett has popped up for decent weeks, etc. He could be usable. And that's all you can really hope for at this point at the running back position. And Dontrell Hilliard uh, has you know, caught a bunch of touchdowns. And so he has provided way more usable weeks than you kind of think. And he was the direct handcuff to Derrick Henry. And he has a neck injury. He's already been ruled out this week. You know, who knows if we'll even see him again this year. So it's uh, Julius Chestnut and Hassan Haskins behind Derrick Henry, which is another reason to be excited for, for Derrick Henry, which perfect segue into uh, the other, thing I wanted to talk about is most intriguing players. We can move on from week 14. We talked about all the shitty parts of week 14 enough here. We talked about all the sad, sad injuries and situations from week 14. Let's talk about the fun players, right? We're into the playoffs. It's week 15. Let's talk about the players. You get on a team and you're most intrigued by them. I put together a little list here. Jamar Chase, we kind of talked about. I would actually prefer that T played because of what I said. That's my personal perspective on like what you want in the offense. I want the offense to be better, right? The more, the, the, the better the offense is and the more points the offense scores, the more, right? Chase's best games have all come with T out there. And so, uh, or at least like Boyd, Hurst, whatever. And so, but Chase just makes for a super intriguing guy who is naturally going to be lower owned than Justin Jefferson at basically the same cost. And then you have Travis Kelsey, who has been, 
you know, is at a different position that has allowed him, him teams with Travis Kelsey to distance themselves. Austin Eckler has been really good. Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs have been really good and they have not gotten hurt or as chase got hurt, but chase has as much upside uh, and floor as any wide receiver in fantasy football right now. And you're just by how the, the season has shaken out. You're going to get chase through uh, with, with lower, lower ownership. Um, big money. <laughs> uh, we will, we will definitely get, we will definitely get to, uh, this one. Uh, big Mike, Mike Williams, as we saw six for 116 in a tutty on sun on Sunday night in his first game back is the third round version of Jamar chase. We don't even need to talk about it too much. Rob and I talked about him and chase on Sunday. Go back and watch that show, by the way, if you want like our, I like it because, uh, it was like gut in the moment I was tilting Dante Foreman, you know, we're tilting, uh, the stuff that's happening. Uh, but Mike Williams was the gut take for me. Again, I think he's like third round Jamar chase because he got hurt because of just how the season wonkily played out. And because AJ Brown was not that different of a price from him. Tyree kill was not that different of a price from him. Nick Chubb has been better than him. He's just not going to be super, super chalky. You know, he'll have his requisite <clears throat> advance rates and his, you know, the week 17 um, ownership is always really about what's going to happen these next two weeks. But so he could be kind of uh, his ownership could be outsized in week 17 relative to his advance rate. But get me there, dude. <laughs> That's all I care about. He gets the Titans this week. He has an awesome playoff schedule. I'm excited for Mike Williams. He, like I said, he's third round Jamar Chase. He, he can he drop a 50 ball like Jamar Chase did, or you know, or score three, four touchdowns? Probably a little bit aggressive, but can he go seven for 150 and two? I mean, he just went six for 120 and one in his first game back. He can, he can, he can be a huge piece for you in the playoffs. On the big dog, I've talked a lot about Derrick Henry, so I won't belabor that point. But then Dontrell Hilliard goes down, and it's like. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to argue that Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is probably the second best running back you want on teams to Christian McCaffrey. Again, ignoring cost. I'm not saying you want Derrick Henry over Travis Kelsey or whatever. That's up to each individual's opinion. But Derrick Henry is probably, from a projection over the course of the playoffs, probably the guy you want over Christian McCaffrey, especially with Dontrell Hilliard out, because maybe they'll use Chestnut or Haskins in some passing situations, but... They were playing Henry in catch-up in garbage time mode on Sunday, and I think that it's just going to be the big dog show, and his matchups are beautiful these next two weeks. Uh, Dallas is not amazing, but as we just saw on Sunday, Dallas can can get got on on defense when they <laughs> apparently just don't give a shit against the Texans. But, man, same thing, like, CMC teams and big dog teams. So, like, if I have first-round teams I'm most excited for, it's not those jockey guys, Diggs, Devontae. I mean, I'm excited for those teams. A lot of my best teams are, right, Diggs, Devontae, Kelsey, whatever. But if I have a guy and it's – if I got to pick, it would be CMC, Chase, and Derrick Henry as the first-round players I'm most excited to have on teams because their upside is maybe even higher at least the same as every other first round pick, maybe higher CMC for sure. But Jefferson rivals them, but like 
and Kelsey is just the tight end thing. But the, those three guys, that's pretty fun. Um, I put Goddard on here as a tight end because he's been really good. Like he he hasn't obviously like blown up the season like Kelsey has done or like Andrews did last year, but he's just been really good, man. And he's attached to your Eagle stacks a lot of the time. Not always. You know, obviously have a one-off Goddard. But would you rather have a Hertz AJ Brown stack with TJ Hawkinson, or would you rather have Hertz Mike Williams with Dallas Goddard? I would rather have the second because Goddard just again, because he got hurt here, is gonna be. I'm not saying Hawkinson's necessarily gonna be higher owned, but AJ Brown's definitely gonna be higher owned than Dallas Goddard. And just give me that tight end. Like give me in these playoff weeks, and please God, let it be to Goddard. Um and just him come like you can almost count on Goddard's score. You know, he's he's not Kelsey, whatever. But like you can almost count on Goddard's gonna get me what? In PPR, he's gonna give me eight to ten, like every week, every single week. And half point it's a little different, but he has as much touchdown upside by being on the Eagles. And so get a got, you know, if you're gonna get a Hertz team who I would expect will be popular almost regardless of what happens in these playoffs. If you're going to get a Hertz team to week 17, I think I would like Goddard on it the most out of all those guys. Um, <laughs> that is funny. FF Doom says, I love my 100% Derrick Henry advance rate, given I drafted him one time, one for one. Jank says six big Mike teams in the playoffs. FF Doom has seven big Mike teams in the playoffs. Um, Kenny asked, does anyone know the round two 10-person uh, groups, how they're decided? Uh, it's random. It's a total randomizer on the back end. They toss everybody, you know, every advancing team. Right? I, I, I don't know specifically like what software they use, but every advancing team is thrown into a bucket. It's like you're drawing names out of a hat. Um, Mr. Handsome says, uh, while we were talking about the tight ends, and we'll talk about um, – uh, but we'll just, I'll, I'm going to, I'm skipping my own list here because Mr. Handsome asked, do you trust Ingram as tight end one? Because my second to last bullet, as you see here, if you're watching um, the YouTube version of this late round tight end, do you trust Ingram? No, <clears throat> no, I do not trust Evan Ingram. Um, but I'm curious to see Ingram's advance rate because if I were to make a, what I was going to talk about in the late round tight end thing is, Obviously, I'm really excited for Goddard. And, of course, if you have a Kelsey team, you're excited for that Kelsey team. We can pipe dream about Mark Andrews. We can pipe dream about George Kittle, which we talked about that, you know, Ayuk and and Kittle and these guys have elevated ceilings without Debo. But ultimately, I think the best way to leverage against Kelsey is late round tight end. And we just saw that come. We just literally saw that this week with uh, as the question asked, uh, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram had the best tight end game of the entire season, right, this week. Um, what will definitely be the best game of his career. But he would probably be in this late-round tight end bucket where if I were if I were going to say, I don't want Kelsey, I want Chase, CMC, the big dog, whatever. I want one of those guys. I want to go late-round tight end, and Ingram's probably in, I want three of them. And I want, because I want three shots on goal, right, over the course of these next three weeks. And I think Ingram's probably the favorite to be in that group. He's been getting a lot of work regardless. So, again, he has a little bit of the floor element. And then we just saw the ceiling. 
He's not going to do that again, but he has it in his bag on a clearly emerging good passing offense with a good young quarterback. Um, Ingram would be in that bucket. David Njoku would be in that bucket. The two quarterbacks on underdog, Jeff Driscoll and uh, Taysom Hill. There were only four Jeff Driscoll teams drafted, but shout out Liam for drafting one <clears throat> and getting it in, in, into the playoffs. The the quarterback guys, right? Taysom and, and, uh, and, and Driscoll. And then I think it's probably some young flyer that we don't see coming. McBride gets better. Uh, right, maybe the Cardinals shut it down, but they're going to keep playing McBride. Right, maybe they're like, mm, do we really need to play DeAndre Hopkins when we're out of the playoffs with Colt McCoy at quarterback? No, so maybe Trey McBride picks something up. Then Isaiah likely, right? Uh, I'm not saying something will happen to Mark Andrews, and the Ravens are clearly trying to win, but sometimes the young player just emerges. Um, trying to think about some, some other late round time. I mean, Gerald Everett, the chargers are, I, I talked about big Mike, but the chargers are one of the stacks or, and, or just teams. You want players from the chargers. I think awesome matchup with the Titans this week. Awesome playoff schedule back to full health, right? Mike Williams is back. Everett's healthy. Eckler's healthy. Um, we'll see what the offensive line is, is uh, hopefully continuing to get healthy. And the defense is not healthy. They're kind of like the Ravens of last year, where like part of, what people forget is, oh, Mark Andrews did this. Mark Andrews did this. Really why Mark Andrews did that wasn't Tyler Huntley. Don't let that narrative, you know, warp your brain. It was the defense. All of their secondary got hurt. So they actually could still stop the run a little bit, but they could not stop anyone from throwing all over them. They were giving up 30, 40, 50 points. And so they had to throw. They had to throw the ever-living shit out of the ball and they only had two dudes to throw the ball to Andrews and Hollywood so he smashed they're not in that circumstance anymore this year the defense is fine the defense is totally fine and Lamar's hurt and so they're pounding the rock and not really running a ton and when they're throwing it's not efficient because he doesn't have any help Demarcus Robinson Deshaun Jackson is playing wide receiver for them so um, anyway uh I know the end didn't have anything to do with Ingram, but I uh, thought it was interesting about uh, the tight end. This is a uh, Chig is the guy. That's definitely fair. He was drafted a handful of times in, uh, in BBM specifically. Um, yeah, he's coming on. Definitely a good one. Um, this is, this is what I would agree is he's drafted. Like, even if he's drafted, let's just say 100 times as a ballpark, there's 36,000 drafts. Redmond said 36 plus thousand drafts. And he was drafted, I don't know, 100 times. I'm just making up a number. <clears throat> well, you assume, let's just say, a 17, 17 of those 100 teams are going to advance. Then, out of those 17 teams, they got to make it through this playoff gauntlet. They got to have enough other good players around him that didn't get right. It's just like any one player that didn't get drafted a lot. It's hard for them to. Uh, it's hard for them to uh, be super impactful. Um, this is a, a YouTube user says, "How about Swift? Now that he looks like he's getting his roll back, he'll carry a low advance rate." The problem is he's not getting his roll back. Um, he he. He kind of started to two weeks ago. It's better now than it was a month ago. Let's just 
say that. But he is still in a three-way committee. Justin Jackson's getting his run and earning it. Had a long touchdown run this week. Jamal is going to get his share and his goal line work. I'm not upset about having Swift because uh, we'll, what we'll transition to here in just a minute. If I have a running back who's out there and is playing and can do anything, <laughs> that's intriguing to me because I got lots of teams with Daryl Henderson and Melvin Gordon and Eno Benjamin and guys not touching the field and guys hurt, Javante, Brees Hall. So if you have a running back that's got a shot like DeAndre Swift, that's intriguing for the uh, subject of this conversation. But I do think it's like they're winning and they're playing for the playoffs. So that maybe that does mean a little bit more swift, but what's what they're doing right now is working. They keep winning. So like, they're not going to back off Jamal. They're probably not going to back off Justin Jackson either. So like, I think it's fair to be reasonably excited about swift while also cautious. While also cautious. Dobbins is a good one. Um, he looked like he was running on one leg on the long run. Um, the, 50 or 60 yard run than he had this past week or whatever, but um, can't complain. I mean, like I said, he's breathing. He may only have one leg, but he's breathing. I want to touch on Elijah Moore really quickly. Um, and then we can move on to those running backs. Elijah Moore finally got up to, it was 90. I'm going to screw up the exact percentage, 93% of snaps or whatever this week against the bills. Double-digit targets didn't didn't pop for a big game, but no one on the Jets did. They played a really good defense, and they didn't score points. They play the Lions this week, and the Lions' defense has been coming on. I mean, Dalvin Cook couldn't do anything, but we saw what Kirk, Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne, Hawkinson did to them in the passing game. If Mike White can have any success this week against the Lions, and Elijah's an every-down player. Corey Davis is hurt, right? So Corey Davis got a concussion on Sunday, which turned Elijah into an every-down player. Like, Garrett, you know, it's easy direct leverage off of a Garrett Wilson who was popular, who's going to be popular in my opinion. Garrett Wilson just had a better season. Elijah hasn't done shit. But now we could be getting this Elijah Moore surge down the stretch, and the Jets have a good schedule, maybe the best schedule in the fantasy playoffs. Um, so Elijah Moore has quickly turned into a guy. When I look on a team, I'm like fucking sixth round Elijah Moore. What a waste of a pick to, Ooh, sixth round Elijah Moore. That sounds pretty good. So, uh, funny how those things can flip really quickly, at least this week against the lions with Corey Davis in concussion protocol, at least this week. Um, we talked about late round tight end and then, <laughs> As you guys uh, enjoyed, I said any the most intriguing players list any running back who is breathing, and that sounds like hyperbole, but it's not that much. <laughs> it's 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 like partially true. Like I have so many teams as FF Doom says, WTF happened to Daryl Henderson? Like he started the season as the starting running back for the reigning Super Bowl champions, which I know I talked about this already, and is got cut by that team, picked up by a team that needed running backs, and they cut him too. 
and nobody has picked him up. Like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> this is funny. Breathing fantasy football literally says, any running back who is breathing fantasy football literally? Yes, 100%. But, like, Henderson is just an example, though, of, like, this year's so crazy at running back that there were a bunch of these, what I would call good picks in these middle rounds that it wasn't even an injury. It wasn't even an injury. It was getting cut or whatever, right? And then we extend that to the late rounds where it becomes even more of a crapshoot. I'll say Sony Michelle as an example. The Chargers signed Sony Michelle, and it sounds like, oh, okay, this is the solution to the fact that there are other running backs. Josh Kelly sucks, right? Sony Michelle is going to be that kind of grinder guy. Uh, not like he's on grinder, like he's an early down grinder. Grinder running back between the tackles, take the load off of Eckler, get some goal line work. And it kind of started that way a little bit with him and Josh Kelly. But Sony Michelle's inactive now, useless. Melvin Gordon is on a practice squad. Daryl Henderson is not on a team. Eno Benjamin is not on a team. Zamir White doesn't play. Um, I'm trying to think of like James Robinson is inactive on game days. Right. I'm, these are just the ones I'm coming up with off the top of my head. That's not even like an exhaustive list. The amount of running backs that were drafted in basically every draft, not, you know, Eno and those guys weren't in every draft. Sony wasn't in every draft, but the amount of guys that were drafted in, let's just, you know, basically every draft, there's tons that are just stone absolute zeros on your team because they don't even get on the field. So if I have do like the Swift thing, I'll throw, I can sit here and throw cold water on DeAndre Swift. But like if I have him on a team, at least I know he's going to be out there scoring fantasy points. May only be 10, but shit, I need 10 on, on, on a lot of teams. You know what I mean? Like, how can I be mad about Jarek McKinnon instantly turned into one of the most important players in fantasy for me because I'm like, well, he's going to be out there playing for the chiefs. You know, he's not necessarily going to get goal line to, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things. We, it's a little fluky, right? He could, the, the way he scored this week was one of the flukiest things ever, but like, He's on the field with Patrick Mahomes for 50% of the snaps. That's all I can ask for because all these other guys are not even active on game days. Right? Just give me teams with running backs that, of course, I want. So, like, I've, everyone's probably even sick of me saying this. Miles Sanders is my most important running back. Miles Sanders is my Josh Jacobs. He's going to be basically my highest owned advancing player. He's my most, like, I drafted a lot of zero RB teams. He's my RB1 on a lot of those teams. I use his score just about every single week. I need him for the stretch run here. Three weeks of Miles Sanders is like the most important thing for me <laughs> in the, the playoffs. But like outside of him, like, okay, it's got some Tony Pollard, Ramondre. We'll see, right? Why well, I say any running backs who's, who's breathing, Ramondre would be important. Is Ramondre healthy? I don't know. Okay, well, maybe you got Damian Harris on a team. Is Damian Harris healthy? Are they going to give Pierre Strong more touches? Right. Zamir White does Zamir White shockingly is on a ton of my advancing teams. Useless. Gonna get two carries a week just be, when Josh Jacobs needs a blow. Maybe Josh Jacobs gets shut down and that changes for Zamir. But right now, useless. Are you out there? Michael Carter is like important for me. He sucks. <laughs> 
he's terrible. He's he's Bam Knight's backup. You know, I don't have high hopes for him at all. But he's on a lot of my teams, and he's playing, and he's catching passes. He's on the field in a call it a 50-50 timeshare. That's valuable to me. That's intriguing to me. That's how sad the running back position is right now. And it would be one thing to say, well, uh, give me the early round guys. Give me Chubb, whatever. But like, you can't sacrifice. That 2v2 is not helpful for you. Nick Chubb, you know, again, I do like the CMC and Henry, but like with CMC and Henry, I can still get the AJ Browns and Tyreek Hills and Mike Williams and stuff of the world. But if I'm like taking Chubb and I'm taking James Conner and I'm like, those guys are fine. And yes, they're breathing. So if they're on teams, I'm not mad, but I'm sacrificing the wide receivers. So you have like a Jacoby Myers and Nick Chubb versus one of these running backs and Tyreek Hill. It's like the wide receiver side wins out on all these all the time. So it's tough to even say I want the early round running back outside of, like I said, I think CMC and Derek Henry are kind of on another level that to, to those other guys. Um, Zonovan definitely killed Michael Carter a hundred percent, but I'm still sitting here praying that, uh, <laughs> that Michael Carter does like if Michael Carter scores a touchdown this week, I'll like, I'll run around my neighborhood. I need it. I need it bad. I need it so bad. Uh, shout out Silas says 75 people watching got to 80 people watching uh, uh, with 23 likes. If you can hit that like button, it would be, it would be really much appreciated. Also, if you're watching and you're not in the discord, there's a link in the uh, description to the discord, the amount of conversation happening. We're all right. Sharing our teams, talking about players, teams were sweating, teams were pissed off that didn't get through the amount of conversation that's been going on in the last, you know, over the last couple of weeks, but today, yesterday, in the the spike, the, which is free, the Discord is free. It's crazy. It's absolutely I can't keep up. Uh, I keep Discord open most of the day on my uh, computer, but I can't even I can't can't keep up with the amount of conversation that's going on. Good question. Uh, uh, obviously, Jamal Williams is a good one for any running back who is breathing as a guy you were excited about. Uh, George asks, "Is Jamal Williams dead?" and no, but as like the, the thing of Jamal Williams is you're literally drawing to two goal line touchdowns. He can't he, he can't get there in any way without like even one. He's still not really doing like he could be usable, which is helpful. Any any running back over these next two weeks. Of course, double digit fantasy points is helpful and he can do that with a with a one touchdown. At least in week seventeen, and and in terms of being a difference maker, he has to score two touchdowns. You know that's just what his role is. He he doesn't have any uh, he doesn't have any juice. He doesn't have any like you know big playability really. I'm not saying you know he could he could, anyone that gets on the field. This is why any running back who's breathing is important. If I have Jamal Williams teams, I'm happy because I know that there's a chance that he can have a good game because he's breathing. He's getting the football and he's getting some high value touches, but. He's definitely drawing thin, right? But it's just, would you rather have Jamal Williams or Melvin Gordon? Fucking Jamal Williams, of course. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's uh, it's kind of just a uh, comparison of running backs situation. Um, Patrick says any run, any breathing running back this time of year makes running backs coming off bye weeks pretty valuable, like the Washington guys 
B Rob and Gibson. This is a good point. B Rob and Gibson are. I'm advancing. I drafted 15 BBM teams with Brian Robinson, and I'm advancing zero of them. And he's a guy I would really like to have on teams, actually. And so that's brutal. I do have some Gibby teams getting through. Uh, shout out to us here at Spike Week for buying the Gibson dip when it was, you know, he went from a, a, a dead zone back to like double digit rounds. You could get him outside the top 100 for a stretch. Uh, buying the Gibson dip could be. Could be really nice. I would I'd be happy about, you know, I wouldn't be happy necessarily about the whatever fifth round Antonio Gibson, fourth round Antonio Gibson. I don't remember what his his highest ADP was, but I would be very happy about teams that I, I advance when I just so happen to buy that Antonio Gibson dip. I also would be excited about Brian Robinson teams because again, he's breathing and in uh, good game scripts, he's getting 20 carries and uh, he can score touchdowns. Not the world's biggest upside player, but who gives a shit at running back? It's awful, dude. It's so, it's so, so, so awful. Uh, what do I think? George says, what do you think happens in the Giants-Commanders game? I think a whole lot of uh, what happened in the last Giants-Commanders game, which is running and not a lot of scoring. Uh, the Giants don't have any weapons, and that's not great. They, you can't pound Saquon against the Washington front. To, to success. So Daniel Jones is going to have, and Richie James, I believe is in the concussion protocol, which is insane that his name is even coming up here, but they don't really have dudes. No Wandale, right? Slate. It's going to be like Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins. Um, Bellinger got banged up again. You know, I like the Washington side. If I have any of the Washington guys, that's good. Both the running backs will be my favorites, but you know, if, if you have McLaurin, or something, Curtis Samuel. I think that's John Dotson, right? If you have, I think Washington players are guys you you're happy to have on your teams. You're not like super stoked, like oh my god, these are the smashes. Um, they're not Tony Pollard or something like that. But I I think you're I think you're happy about the Washington Washington guys. Um, then the last thing to wrap up. Sorry, I went a little over. Wanted to keep it to an hour, but is what I'll call the unknown, right? So. We sit here and we've done this for, we've done this, we do this the whole season. Again, if you're on the Spike Week Discord, you know, we're constantly talking about best ball. The results pour in from every single week and we're like, ah, I was wrong about that guy. So, my favorite example of this is Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews crushes, right, for the first extended stretch of the season. And everybody's like, ha, ha, you idiots. You drafted Kyle Pitts over Mark Andrews or you didn't draft Mark Andrews. And yes, I was one of those guys who didn't draft Mark Andrews. And then I low-key have Mark Andrews on one of my most important high-stakes teams, which is like weird. But anyway, I don't think I have a Mark Andrews team in BBM. If I do, it was an auto-draft team. I actively was fading Mark Andrews. And this is why. He smashed for that first little stretch, but when the pass volume went away and, the, and, then, and also now the offensive efficiency has gone away, particularly through the pass game, I can't spend a second round pick on that dude. You know, again, he's another situation. Tight ends bad. If you have him on a team, pray to God, he scores two touchdowns right in a playoff week. But he's the example of the unknown where week to week, a uh, segment of the season to segment of the season, we're like, Oh my God, this guy was the, the league winner. And people were saying that about Mark Andrews, like, Oh, told you Mark Andrews over Kyle Pitts or Mark Andrews over X player. How could you not draft any Mark Andrews? Don't you know about elite tight ends? Now, 
Would you rather have Evan Ingram, David Njoku, and Taysom Hill, or Mark Andrews and and some other late round tight end? Give me the punt tight ends because I'm going to get AJ Brown or Tyree Kill or Mike Williams or Nick Chubb or Saquon or somebody like that at my Mark Andrews pick. Mark, he's he's not helping your teams relative to what you could have, right? So he's just one example of this unknown where it's like what we think we know right now, right? After the first month, month and a half of the season, what we thought we knew about what Mark Andrews was, we would think by this time heading into the playoffs, we would be talking about Mark Andrews very differently. Right now, we're talking about all these things, these most intriguing players, these injuries from week 14, these things we're worried about, these things we're excited about. And in week 17, so much of it's not going to be the same. Right? So much of it's not going to be the same. Guys are going to get hurt like they do every single week. Teams are going to shut players down. Matchups are going to change in terms of how good or bad they are. So It's only three weeks, but so much is going to change. Someone's going to, right? If this is the easiest example to use just because he's the, the chalky player, the very popular, very popular player. If Josh Jacobs, right? If the Raiders lose again, if the Raiders lose again, which playing the Patriots, they're, I, I don't, I would not pick them to beat the Patriots. If the Raiders lose again, Josh Jacobs is a free agent, so it's a weird situation. But if they really just said, let's see what Zamir, let's, let's see what we have. We drafted him. He's a rookie. Let's see what we got in Zamir. And they said, let's shut it down with Josh Jacobs. Would anyone really be surprised if they were out of the playoffs? No. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's getting a ton of the work for the Browns. They're out of the playoffs. They suck. If they didn't want to expose Nick Chubb, to long-term injury later in the season? Would anyone be surprised? Does that mean they play Kareem Hunt, Dearness, Jerome Ford? I don't know. Probably end up being Jerome Ford because I drafted Dearness like an idiot. You get to week 17, even, even this week, next week. There's Pierre Strong, right? What If Ramondre and Damian Harris both miss again, we'll be like, Pierre Strong has not even been active all year. And all of a sudden, we're like, he's probably like a DFS cash game play, right? And we get to week 15, and you're like, in week six, no one thought that Pierre Strong would be a thing. So much changes week to week. Look at Debo gets hurt, right? Russ gets hurt. The Broncos could be without Sutton, Hamler, playing Latavius Murray, and Marlon Mack at running back, and with Brett Rippon at quarterback, for all we know, this coming week throwing to Kendall Hinton like shit changes. And so I think if you have got, again, this is kind of why the any running back who is breathing thing was important. If you have players who are not injured, who have a path again, Zamir white, who have a path to a bigger role or a role that can help you. You're in better shape than most. Because if I scroll through a bunch of my teams, I assure you there's a whole bunch of guys who don't have that path. Melvin Gordon does not have that path. Daryl Henderson does not have that path. I thought Eno Benjamin had that path. Does not have that path, right? Then you have injured players. If you have guys who have a path, it's not over. The dream is not dead. The dream is not dead. Um, yeah, I mean, here's a, here's a good example. Patrick says Snoop Connor. 
right? He's really probably the third running back for the Jags. They are still playing for – they're trying to win the division, uh, and they might, by the way. Um, and Jermichael Hasey's ahead of him, but you just never know. Hassan Haskins, right? Dontrell Hilliard goes down to either Julius Chestnut or Hassan Haskins. Who knows, right? Who knows what happens? Um, there's just so much that we, 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 we pretend like we know at every single point in the entire season, we pretend like we know everything because we've got these results and we're like, that's it. You know, that's it. This guy sucks. This guy's good. This guy was a good pick. This guy was a bad pick. And who knows? Amon Ra didn't do shit all season last year. And I'm not comparing him to anyone this season, but Amon Ra didn't do anything. I think it's, I think if, it's not this, he didn't get drafted in the same tier, but it's definitely Garrett Wilson. If, uh, if I were to make a bet on who was Amon Ra, it's definitely Garrett Wilson. Um, maybe Christian Watson. You know, Christian Watson's the guy who was drafted more in his tier. Christian Watson's not as good uh, from a, you know, target earning perspective, it's definitely Garrett Wilson is Amon Ra. But even we were heading into the playoffs. Was anybody like, oh yeah, can't believe everybody faded Amon Ra St. Brown. He's the wide receiver 70. <laughs> no, but then down the stretch, shit changes. We didn't know. It was the unknown. It was all, it was all the unknown. So um, we're going to get out of here. Gonna go watch. Gonna go watch. Don't 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 hold it against me. Gonna go watch a little soccer. I think we're gonna go watch a watch a little soccer. Um, we are gonna try to stream just about every day, not on Saturday, but just about every day uh, moving forward. Um, be back tomorrow. Definitely be back Thursday. Hopefully, we'll get on stream. After all the advancements go through, everybody can kind of see what their teams look like, and we can start talking about. Uh, really seriously talking about our advancing teams, right? The most important players, our highest exposure players, etc. In Best Ball Mania, the DraftKings Millie, whatever. Um, we can start talking about all that. But for now, everybody enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you, thank you for hanging out with me. If you have not hit the like button, hit it on the way out. And uh, I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow.